Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to Talkin' Tofu, the podcast about vegan snacking. I'm Becky Streepy. And I'm David Streepy. Perfect chance for us sometimes. I know. And sometimes not. <laughs> this week on the show. It's a b- 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 bullshit episode. Bow, bow, bow. That's the quietest air horn I could do. Yeah. We're watching RoboCop. Actually, we already watched RoboCop. Yeah. Full disclosure, we already watched it. We're talking about it. We're talking about it, and we're going to drink five different varieties of Trader Joe's oat beverages. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. RoboCop. 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 Because not like a rowboat, like with oars. No. Robe. Oat. Dash. O-A-T. Dash. Cop. Correct. Robe. Oat. Cop. Because of the oat beverages that we're drinking. It's a flawless name. It's a flawless name, and I dare you to challenge it. I can't tell if heads. you're being sarcastic or not, but I, I think it's it. pretty clever. And once I look, I didn't just come up with that here. I've been, I've been. This one's been on pitch for a while. It's on the script. You told it to me weeks ago. I told it to you when I when we were at Trader Joe's after that terrible Wagamama lunch. Oh yeah. That where I bought all of these oat beverages. I found them all and put them all in the basket, and came up to you and said. <laughs> Robot cop. <laughs> and you said, what? I said, robot? And I pointed at the oat beverages and I said, robot cop. And you said, what? <laughs> and I said, well, watch RoboCop and drink these. Then and I you got said, it. And you said, okay. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, here heads. we are. Uh, so this is from that fabled Trader Joe's trip, mm-hmm. the one where we got the good stuff, not the one where we got all the bad stuff. It was the good Trader Joe's trip after the bad lunch, not the bad Trader Joe's trip that was on its own, mm-hmm. just for clarity. Yeah. That's, for the wiki. Yeah. Yeah. That clears things up for me. All right. Um, am I? I sound low. I can't hear myself. You can't? No. And it's really important. What about now? That every honey tone come through. Yeah, this is better. Okay. My voice doesn't sound great today. I'm getting over something. Yeah, Dave's got a little cold, everybody. A little cold. Got the little sniffles. I caught it from, from our son. Yeah. Who he... caught it from the coolest kid in his class. Which is <laughs> a whole separate thing. <laughs> I thought that guy could not catch 
a, a cold. Could not was immune to everything, but apparently not. No. Never meet your heroes. Anyway, <laughs> um, this one's one for me. Yeah, American Tale was one for you. <laughs> and this is for and you. This is one for me. Yeah, I struggled with this movie, but I watched it. Did you? Why did you? What? What were top line your struggles, please? And don't be like it's about cops because the whole point is like a satire on cops. I, the, the cops thing I did struggle with. It okay. felt very copaganda y to me at points. Even though there's corruption within the police force, there's still like this good apple, bad apple right. trope that I don't know I believe in. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just, I, and it was very gory. I had to cover my eyes a lot. It's very which, gory. I mean, I enjoy Chucky and I have to cover my eyes a lot. Right. But I think Chucky carry, I don't know. It just, it was a fun one. It, I don't think I would have chosen it if we weren't doing it for the pod. Yeah. But it was fun to watch it with you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a wrap. <laughs> the end, everyone. Yeah. No, hey, I, wait. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, no. You. We're just like both wedged in a doorway, <laughs> insisting that the other go forward. <laughs> so I don't know that it's possible to make a cop movie without it, there being... Like a cop who wants to be a good cop. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, I spent a good part of the movie having that thought. Like, how would you do it and not have it be that? It's not like all the cops are good guys. Right. It's not even like any of the cops are necessarily bad guys. The cops are not the corrupt ones. The cops aren't the ones that are bastardizing the idea of a cop like there's very little cop work happening in this movie i guess you see them at the precinct and you see robocop out on its job well you see some casual police brutality at one point do you a guy a cop like beating up the suspect lewis like beats up the suspect and there and the chief is like well when you're done with that come on over here Uh, okay then never mind i missed it and then the robocop guy before he's robocop murphy murphy has a name Does he? Wow. Murphy has a family that he loves. That's the whole point of the movie yeah. is his name. Oh, sorry. My, my phone fell. The dogs scattered. Sorry, everybody. Oh, all both dogs. God. Uh, and then Murphy is like, hey, that was nice. Okay. <laughs> and so I don't all right. know. All right. But and, and then also later in the movie, it's said that that corporation, like the evil corp, OCP. they own the cops. Yeah. Well, that's said at the beginning. Yeah. So they like there's definitely corruption because you don't own the cops unless but there's cops that to be owned. You know? OCP owns the cops. We're already getting into the plot line, but OCP owns the cops because crime has gotten so bad. Oh. So these cops were acquired by OCP at the beginning of the movie. Okay. That's why they're the sergeants coming through and kind of laying down the law. That's why they're muttering about strikes early on. Okay. But so there's kind of like a like there's cops and then there's what like whatever hangups you have about cops. I'm not trying to diminish them, but like there's cops as our current understanding of cops. And then there's OCP that's coming in to militarize the cops. Yeah. Which is our modern day experience of cops. Right. That was one of my early notes that I wrote when we were uh, going, when we were watching was how militarized was the police in 1987? And the answer is we were on our way. It had, it began pretty early on. Did you look that up or are you saying from the movie? I looked that up. Okay. Go on. So pretty militarized. I guess that all started like in the early 1900s, but like by the eighties, they were getting stuff already from the military hand-me-downs. 
So um, but, I wonder if this movie's commenting on that. Or, oh, I think that yeah. the movie does not exist if it is not commenting on that. Yeah. Like, the movie exists to comment on that, I think. Yeah. But also not really in a shine a light way. Yeah. And I don't think that Paul Verhoeven, who's the director of this movie, who's also the director of Total Recall, which is my favorite action movie of all time, he's he's trying to comment on it and that's it. He's not trying to fix it. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. And I think that you see that in Total Recall too. There's kind of this like commentary. I mean, he didn't write the story, but he definitely like his version of it is a very clear vision of it. Um, it's commenting on like that consumerist culture and how how invasive would you allow consumerism to be or capitalism to be whatever to the point where they're affecting your memories and affecting like your, your experience of reality and then kind of snapping its fingers and being like, well, how's that much different from what you're doing right now? Yeah. Even though you're not flying to Mars and doing all this shit, like how (laughs) different is that really? Like you've already let them into basically every part of your existence and identity the tricky line with this, and I think he does a good job of it, but I also think that the world has kind of changed around it, maybe, which sounds like the most, like, I'm bending over to allow this movie to be okay. <laughs> like, the the whole thing is a parody. It is a parody of a society that is just bonkers. Yeah. Including Murphy. Yeah. Including Annie. Everything is very cartoony in this movie. But it's like they've Annie and Murphy are the most rooted people in a world that has just lost its mind. Yeah. And whether you like them objectively, like as citizens of this world or not, like you have to have some sort of like reference point mm-hmm. and they are that reference point. Yeah. But they exist in a world that's just lost it. And what we see 30 years, 40 years later is that, yeah, the world did lose it in pretty much exactly that way. But I don't think he was being like a harbinger of what's to come or anything like that. He was just like, look how fucked up this is. And imagine if I dialed it up to seven right now. And this is what that would look like. But it's done very fun. Mm -hmm. It's very playful. Even the gore is very playful. And that's what I love about him. (laughs) It's hard to watch. But it's very like, I think I use the word joyful with Chucky. That's because Chucky is laughing and celebrating what he's doing. So I wouldn't say joyful here necessarily, even though I'm the one that brought it up, but it's really playful. Yeah. You know, we've also, so we got RoboCop. Yeah. We got oats. Yes. Can I talk to you about the system that I have in place for these milk samples? I would love that because then I'm going to overwrite that with the system that I have come up with. Okay. So we can talk about it. I'm not going to lay down the law. Okay. So I have these little, little sippy cups. They're little ramekins. They're like little two, one ounce ramekins. So we each can get get two of them because I only have four of them. Just put your finger all in that one. Can I have the two that you didn't rub the inside with your finger? So you got two. You've got a napkin. Is that like a burp napkin? Yes. Do we have a pail to spit it out into? Yes. Really? Why? Well, not to... It was a joke, like a wine tasting. Right, no. So so I'm thinking we'll sip from the little cups. If we have any extra, like if it's really awful, we can just pour it in the big cup. Okay. And then we can wipe out with the napkin. But if you have one that's got a very strong flavor, you got a clean one back up. Okay. So that's We're the wiping system. Wiping out the ramekins and reusing them? Yeah. Well, we'll only have to do that like once maybe because the, the plain oat milk's not going to taint the flavor of these other ones. It's the base for all of the other ones. Yeah. So it's really like one time you're going to have to do that. I think we'll be okay. Okay. 
Um, so I, I want to start with the, the plain non-dairy oat beverage and then move on to the other flavors. Can we discuss the other flavors we got? Sure. Some of these are seasonal. One of them is not. We've got chocolate. We've got O-Nog. O-apostrophe-Nog. We've got... What the fuck does that mean? Maple. What is that a reference on? Right, but like... I have no idea. You could just call it O-Nog. Is that... Eggnog is not an apostrophe shorthand phrase. Enog. Enog? Oh, enog. Gnog. Gnog. Classic enog. We've got maple. Did I say that already? And then pumpkin is the last one. And I am really excited about, honestly, all of these. So I wanted to use the plain one as a baseline. Like this is their oat milk before they do anything to it. And mm-hmm. then taste all these things they've done to it. As we discuss, Robot Cop. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I was going to suggest. But... I think the problem that we ran into with American Tail mm-hmm. was that we did not bake. If we're going to recap, mm-hmm. let's bake the different drink points into the recap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've got uh, three internal break points. Okay. And then the fourth one we'll try at the end. Okay. So And, and we'll we've do got the five. At the top. So let's do the oat now, shall yes. we? Let's oat. I'm yes. shaking it. You have to shake your plant milks, guys. I actually, when I uh, was a kid, I was taught that you also need to shake dairy milk. Can you hand me one of your cups? Don't hand it. I'm just going to spill it if you hand it to me. Okay. Well, I don't... The next one, just, just set down on the table and then I'll pick it up. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This is what I run to at the coffee shop. They try and hand it to me. And Should it's we do like, a cheers? Let's do a little oat cheers. You're about to spill it all over this equipment. We did a clink. You couldn't hear it because Dave was yelling at me. That's good. I don't know. I don't know what all of these little piss babies' complaints about oat milk is. I don't either. It's fine. It's great. It's the best one. It tastes well. I think soy milk. Uh, is... You're starting to sound like a little piss baby. Just agree with me that oatmeal is the best one. I mean, oat milk and soy milk are top two for me. It's very close call. I consider them interchangeable. Yeah. And I think it tastes neutral. I think it's creamy. Yeah. I think it's great. Okay. So a little backstory on RoboCop came out in 1987. As I said earlier, it's directed by Paul Verhoeven. The script is by Michael Edward Newmeyer and Michael Miner. And it uh, Verhoeven passed twice on the script because he didn't understand the, that it was a satire. <laughs> and his wife had to convince him really? that it was a satire. Yeah. That's cute. Um. So, took place. The movie takes place in Detroit. The filming took place in Dallas. Uh, at the time, was pretty remarkable in the special effects that it had, which I think held up pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I think, in retrospect, as we get further and further away from it, it gets held up more and more as one of the best sci-fi films, action films. Not the best, but one of the best. Yeah, I think the effects are good. And I think they do a lot of practical effects that worked really well. Yeah. Like that big air fryer looking robot. Yeah. Well, and... and Ed <laughs> made, stalled me out calling it an air fryer. <laughs> I'm sorry. But Edward, In my mind, every time I saw him, all I saw was an air fryer with arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Newmeyer also worked on Blade Runner. Mm. And when you think about the one of the big threads of RoboCop being that you've got this cop who's just 
in the world of, of Robocop, an altruistic cop who is robbed of his humanity and becomes a cyborg that's basically doesn't have any of that human baggage and then has to kind of reclaim that human baggage. There's a lot of parallel. Not exactly that, but that what does it mean to be human idea of Blade Runner. You're going to tell me that you haven't seen Blade Runner. God damn it. As a teen, I was assured by a trustworthy friend that it was too scary for me. And I said, okay, and did not watch it. And then it seemed too late. Should we stop and go watch Blade Runner? Yes. We would have watched Blade Runner instead. We'll watch Blade Runner tonight. What the fuck? <laughs> Hang on. Dave's calling a divorce attorney. No, that's, I don't like that joke. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Don't worry. Mom and dad are fine, everybody. Yeah. I don't like that joke either. <laughs> <laughs> this is going great. I am wondering, like, what are we doing here? Um <laughs> So anyway, I guess you'll have to trust me and maybe you could follow up later to to give me your thoughts on this. The similarities in theme between RoboCop and Blade Runner and how the fact that Neumeier is the bridge between them, much like Yvette is the link between Mr. Body and Miss Scarlet mm-hmm. in Clue. That is a reference yeah. I do get. See, now we're back on, on solid footing. Whew. So yeah, it came out... Uh, in 1987, I was not allowed to watch this movie. I wasn't even capable of sneaking this movie. Really? I did not see it until I was a teen. Loved it when I was a teen. Go ahead. Why were you not allowed to see it? I just... It was very violent. Okay. It's a rated R movie in 1987. I was nine years old. Oh, well, there you point. go. Yeah. So, but I mean, usually I could get like a HBO free preview weekend or something like that and kind of eke my way into seeing some forbidden fruit. Yeah. But it just never happened. And I could not make that case at the video store to rent that. Yeah. Now, I will say, love my parents. Love them. Yeah. Dave's parents are great. I tricked them twice (laughs) that I can think of. One, this is related. We had a Sam's Club membership. Early 90s is when VHSs started getting cheap on the retail market, and you could actually start buying these things as they came out. There's a whole interesting chapter of history that's like when all these franchises started making commercials for buying the VHS instead of renting it or waiting for it to come on a premier cable system. Uh, You'd get like like, um, Robert England as Freddie doing the commercial for the Nightmare on Elm Street VHS set yeah, or like um, the T-1000 doing the Terminator 2 commercial. Like these movie stars are doing the commercial for the VHS version of their movie. It's wild, wild. Could you imagine that happening today? Yeah, no. You know, Uh, but so we had a Sam's Club membership. This was around that time. They were getting cheap. I saw a total recall for under $20. Got my parents to buy that for me. I was 11. Oh, my God. <laughs> Changed my life. Changed my life. Yeah. I Did was they immediately take it from you after they watched no, it? No, they never you? watched it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking three times I tricked them. Um, the second one is similar. About a year later, Terminator. No, two years later, Terminator 2. I think I was in eighth grade. So that's kind of okay. Terminator 2 is a very bloody film, though. Not this bloody. Not Total Recall bloody, but very bloody. And the third one was Leisure Suit Larry. 
Oh my God. They were going out to the mall and I said just casually, hey, if you see Leisure Suit Larry at Electronics Boutique, can you pick it up and bring it home? Oh my gosh. And so then th- like they showed up and had it and I was like trying so hard to keep cool. Like, oh my God. Jesus. Yeah. They, there were kids in my computer class that played Leisure Suit Larry, but I was not interested. Yeah. I played Prince of Persia. I liked the way the graphics looked when he would uh, climb up a wall. He'd jump and hang on, and then he'd kind of like pull up his knees and climb up. And I thought that that like little motion looked really cool. Kind of awakened something within you? <laughs> no, it was just like a very satisfying like the loop. The chin ups that he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a lot of core. It is a lot of core yeah. strength. I just thought it was yeah. cool. Anyway, I liked climbing walls and being the Prince of Persia more than okay. I was not interested in Leisure Suit Larry. I kind of thought it was gross. I was interested in Leisure Suit Larry because it seemed so silly and far-fetched. And then later, as an adult, looking back on it, it was like, oh, an adult made that? Like, <laughs> it's kind of it's very pervy for somebody, for an idea, for somebody to stick to long enough to make an actual full game out of it, let alone a full series of games out yeah. of it. Like, it takes a long time to make these games and a lot of people and a lot of work. And that whole time you're like, nope, this crass, pervy idea. Stick to it. This is the vision. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I didn't see this until I was a teen. I was already a big fan of Paul Verhoeven from Total Recall. So it, it clicked right in. But this isn't an iconic movie in my history like Total Recall is, like Terminator 2 is. Uh, but it, it's still definitely up there. And you had not seen it at all. Had not. Okay. So we sat down to watch it, and on came the movie. And I have to tell you that the 3D metallic title that flies in yeah. is just... Mwah. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I was so into it. Yeah. I wasn't familiar with the title treatment. and yeah. And gosh, it just made my whole day. It's very, like... It's it. It's it. It's, it's the a, idea of the movie. It's the It's, it's like the movie. 3D blocky yeah. silver metallic text that just swoops in in a very 80s video transition fashion and it just gosh. Yeah. If you're a child of the 80s, it just takes you to a specific time and place. Yeah. Sets the stage even now. Sets the stage. And it's funny that you use that phrase because I think the opening scene sets the stage really well and very smartly. It's a device that Verhoeven uses in Total Recall as well. I'm just going to keep bringing up Total Recall as much as I can. That's fine. But it's a news show. And Mm -hmm. it's a silly news show where, not silly, it's taking itself seriously. But the anchors are going back and forth between like puff pieces and really violent atrocities happening around the world with the same, like, upbeat, yeah. smiley tone. But it also does a really good job of, as it rolls through those stories, it tells you the world that you're living in. Yeah. And it does it in a way that's not super, like, pause, let me explain this for you. Like, yeah. that's your introduction, you know? Yeah, it was the news story and then there were some ads and the, there are several like fake ad breaks throughout the movie yeah in this first segment there's an ad for um, a medical treatment 
And as the ad was going on, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like predicting our dystopian future of like (laughs) super expensive medical care. But then he said that you can use your health tax credit to pay for it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, (laughs) if only, never mind. This is a paradise compared to the world we live in. But I think in the in our modern dystopia, that would be you can use your health savings account through your company to pay for this. Yeah, so, true. Oh, yeah. To help. Certainly right. it wouldn't cover all right. of it. Certainly you would still have to take out a mortgage on your home. Yeah. So the the world that we're introduced to is a world at war. Um, it's just this big dystopia. But more specifically... We're in Detroit, and Detroit is on the brink of collapse. The crime is just out of control, and this mega corporation OCP has acquired the Detroit police force. Does does OCP stand for something, or did they just rearrange the letters of COP? Omni Consumer Products. Okay. So yes and no, <laughs> or yes and yes. Yeah. Yes. Or yes and yes. Yeah. Yes, and they decided to <laughs> wreck on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but like Omni Consumer Products is just like, every, it's like Acme. Mm-hmm. It's like everything. It's just whatever. We make, we make every, and that's kind of where we are now. Is yeah. One company owns all the companies. Yeah. And, so, and it's great. Yeah. So the city's given OCP the control. There's, we're in a boardroom and Dick Jones, who's the CEO, played by Ronnie Cox, also plays Cohagen in Total Recall, bad guy in both, demonstrates to the board the his crime-fighting solution, which is ED-209. It's an air fryer with it's arms the, and legs. Some, some might call it that. It's a two-legged <laughs> robot that's very, like, froggy-legged mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with two turrets. So this thing is, like, 15 feet tall. It's very big. This is his solution to their, <laughs> to cops, to human cops, is these 15-foot atrocities that can't fit through a doorway, that just have two <laughs> Gatling guns or machine guns to take anything down. During the presentation of it, it malfunctions. He gets a volunteer to come up and, and act like he's going to commit a crime. And Ed 209 works correctly to be like, hey, I, I recognize that you're doing a crime. Put the gun down. You have 20 seconds to comply. He puts the gun down and it keeps counting down. And everybody, like, as he counts down to zero, everybody's like more and more panicked. The guy who's the target starts running into the, a crowd where everybody else is trying to get into in the boardroom. And it just turns into a bloodbath. We're like five minutes into the movie. And yeah. it's a bloodbath <laughs> at this point. Uh, guy gets shot up and... That's where the the junior executive, whose name is Morton, this is his last name, uh, he's played by Miguel Ferreira, who's from Twin Peaks. I butchered his name probably. Ferrer, sorry, Miguel Ferrer. Uh, he's from Twin Peaks. He's from The Stand, the TV miniseries The Stand. He played uh, Lloyd. And so this allows him to get the old man's attention. The old man is this old white guy who is the head head of OCP. Yeah. For his competing project to Ed 209, which is RoboCop. Can I interject here and say that they reveal 
prior to us meeting the air fryer, they reveal that they are going to, is it they're going to mow down Detroit and build Delta City on top of it? Or is Delta City going adjacent and then Detroit's just going to be allowed to wither and die? Uh, that's a good question. It wasn't I, clear. I took it to be Detroit was going to be replaced with Delta City. Okay. So they have this model of Delta City. And when Kenny, the guy who gets shot, uh, who's the target of the air fryer, mm-hmm. um, when he does end up getting gunned down by the malfunctioning air fryer, he lands, covered in blood, lands on the model of Delta City. And I thought that that was a really great moment. And I wanted to make sure to yeah. mention that. Okay. Yeah. Back to you, Dave. Okay. No, no. <laughs> but I think the Delta City thing is really, it is very important later. So yeah. The next big beat, we're at a precinct, a Detroit precinct, where we meet Alex Murphy, who's played by Peter Weller. He's our guy. He's getting transferred to a new precinct. He's meeting everybody. This is where we see all of the, the working man cops. So he meets his new partner, Ann Lewis. That's right. What did you think of Ann Lewis? Um, well, I thought she was, uh, when we meet her, she was uh, brutalizing a suspect. So right. not a great first impression. Um, but there was a moment. So they meet and he, the chief is like, here's your new partner. Why don't you go show him the ropes? And then they go to the car and she's like, I should probably drive. I know, like, because I'm from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are new here. And he was like, I always drive when I'm breaking in a new partner. And he gets in the car and then she blows a bubble (laughs) with her bubble gum and pops it. And it's just like perfectly (laughs) timed. I really enjoyed that moment. Um, But also kind of a dick move on his part. Uh, But off they go. Yeah. And they do a couple of like lower level stops before their big one, right? Uh, yes, my notes get a little dicey at this point. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I'll I'll be able to pick I up think, from your descriptions what I'm writing about. I think the big thing is that he's got a technique that he uses with his gun, where he twirls it around his finger. Oh yeah, that's sweet. Because his son wanted him to do it because his favorite TV cop TJ Laser does it. Yeah, and. There, there's a conversation between him and Anne where Anne recognizes this. Yeah, they have a couple of conversations that are like sweet. Right. I actually wrote in my notes, is this an officer partner love connection? But mm. I, it's not. It's a deep friendship. And yeah. I actually really love that because in especially in an 80s movie, when you have a male and a female character right. making a connection, it's obviously romantic. Well, and this one's not. That's what I was going to say earlier, but I didn't want to sound like some sort of apologist to the car I always drive thing is that there is kind of a you could take a misogynist view of that, of being like, I'm the driver. But I think it really was more of a I'm pulling rank as a cop. I think you could take it either way, you know, but, is, but I think is this, he, does he outrank her? I didn't think they did. No, but I think that's just like that's just chest thumping. Like he would have done that no matter who yeah, she was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I would believe that given Especially, the rest of, how the rest of his story unfolds. Right, but, what their entire relationship is, is there's not, I don't even think, check me on this, but I don't think there's an acknowledgement of gender at all there between is the two of them. There is one point where he radios her and he calls her, he, said, he calls her Lewis uh-huh. and he says Lewis and then he calls her girl. Uh, and I couldn't tell if that was like 
I don't know. Yeah. It, it stuck out to me and I'm not sure why. Mm. But uh, other than that one moment, which might have just been like, hey, girl, like he was making sure she was okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, girl, are you okay? Oh, yeah. Like it might have just been nothing. But that was the only time he mentioned her gender at all that I can think of. Yeah. I th- maybe that's why it stuck out to me. Well, and I think, again, Total Recall Connection, the misogyny is so strong in Total Recall. Yes. <laughs> that I don't think, and it's it's a commentary too. It's Total not, Recall, a film that I have seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that that is a, in itself a commentary too. Like he wasn't accidentally misogynistic in that movie. All of the stuff is just really gross and and specific, like intentionally gross. Yeah. But I think that if that idea was going to present itself here, it would have been a much more flagrant execution of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, yep, go on. So they get a big call. Yeah, they do. Clarence Boddicker. This is, I called him in my notes, dad from Patriot, until I learned that his name was Clarence. Also, he's not the dad from Patriot. I thought he was the dad from Patriot. No, he's the... John Locke is the dad from Patriot. Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> He's the boss from Patriot. <gasps> the boss from Patriot. I mean, he also is a father, but... Yeah, he's, he's the boss the from dad. Patriot. Gosh, yeah. my notes were so wrong. Anyway, his Leslie. name is Clarence. Leslie. Yes. Boy, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Patriot. Yeah. Hey, watch Patriot. Oh, my gosh. Way, if you haven't. It's, uh, streaming on Amazon. Run, Don't Walk. Yeah. Just a masterpiece. Um, yeah, so this actor is incredible and he is unhinged in this movie and also has some really fun one-liners which i will make sure to draw attention to the ones that i wrote down because he's just a delight such a jerk he's just uh, like you can't get a more unpleasant person ah you love to hate him Kurtwood Smith is the actor. I thought you were going to get there. No, but, okay. never was never. Kurtwood gonna. Smith, that '70s show, Patriot. <laughs> Sorry, a million other things. Great actor. So they find his hideout, yeah, what they- I presume to be his hideout. His whole gang is there, mm-hmm. and they're not committing a, a, an active crime. So I think it's his hideout. It's either a hideout or a warehouse that they like yeah. ducked into when they were being chased by the cops. Yeah, they're hiding out there. Yep. So they they get there. They split up. Um, and the long and short of it is that Murphy gets cornered by Boddicker and the gang minus one first, the super overacting bad guy. And that's saying a lot in this movie. Uh, the cackle when he pushes Lewis over the ledge. Oh yeah. was very funny. And it was like a hoot. It was yeah. <laughs> so good. And also, we glossed right over Clarence's first great one-liners. I can't remember the context, but he says, can you fly, Bobby? And I <laughs> laughed. <laughs> Go on. So, yeah, I was just going to say they they get the drop on him, on Murphy, and they just destroy him. Destroy. Difficult to watch. I covered my eyes it went on for so he, long. They shoot him into dismemberment, basically. Yeah. They tear his body apart with just bullets and guns. And then Boddicker comes in and does the final shot to his head to, to kill him, kill him. And that's where we should take our first drink. Great. Let's start with chocolate. Let's dismember some oat bevs. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, got to really shake these. I will say I photographed these yesterday, and um, which is why they're all open already. And um, you have to shake these pretty well but there's one and i'll point it out when we get to it that you have to really shake it like whoa okay, or it so comes out one? lumpy this is the chocolate oh my gosh it's very dark yeah isn't it i was excited about this one it was hard not to try these yesterday because some of them like, looked and smelled so good this is very dark mm-hmm. i would expect chocolate milk to be a half shade between this and the white the pure whiteness of the oat this is like the color I would make my chocolate milk at home when my mom would be like, that is too much. Okay, it's really good. Yeah, that's chocolate milk. It's really good. I don't know how... This is, in in general, wide widest view. Widest, not widest view. I mean, probably. <laughs> but, um, I don't understand how people drink full glasses of chocolate milk. Mm-mm. It's a lot. I don't understand how it gets sold in cartons that are like single serve cartons to drink. Like that that's just what you get at schools and that's what you can get in like a restaurant, you know? I think I've mentioned this before, but when I was marathon trading many years ago with friend of the show, Bill, uh, he discovered that chocolate milk is a great running recovery drink. Mm. For like a long run because it's got protein. You would want like a chocolate soy milk. You want the protein. But this oat one, I doubt it has the protein. 
has a little bit, but not enough. Um, but so like that chocolate milk, and for me, he got cho- he would keep a carton for just for me of ch- chocolate soy milk in his fridge, mm-hmm. and um, the the sugar helps like you get a little burst of energy to bounce back because you you're worn out after you run like 10, 15 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a subtle flex. <laughs> it's marathon training. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so he would pour chocolate milk over ice for both of us, and we would sit and do our stretches and drink chocolate milk. And I'll tell you. It, you can feel it fixing your body huh. as you're drinking it. It's incredible. That's awesome. You should do a long run after this and then drink some, some chocolate. Oh, shit. Tomorrow. And then drink some chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah. You, you set me up with that one time. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's, uh, I, didn't, I didn't do that. I would but. spend the last mile just thinking about that chocolate milk that was waiting for me. We should talk a little bit more about this drink, though, rather than just it's good. Yeah. It's rich and chocolatey. It's sweet, but not to me overly sweet. Yeah. I think that oat milk is inherently sweet. Mm-hmm. And this really amplifies that sweetness. It's not, to me, it's not uh, like a chocolate sweetness on top of that sweetness. It's the sweetness magnified. Yeah. And they it's they didn't overly, like, you could just add a ton of sugar along with the cocoa, but it yeah. looks like they actually went to strike a balance there. And... It's not super thick. I feel like sometimes vegan chocolate milks are like too thick. Yeah. Yeah. This is nice and smooth and drinkable. Yeah. Okay. So Murphy's dead. The gang escapes. Annie. I think they assume Annie's dead. Yes. The bad guys do. Yeah. So, but she gets out. They recover Murphy's corpse. This is where Morton comes in. And we cut to later. Where a very cool kind of visual sequence of like a series system booting up and then we see a grid and then we see people looking into the camera and you realize that we're looking at it through Robocop's eyes. Yeah. So this is his like boot up sequence and it is very trippy and it goes on for so long. Well, and it covers multiple instances too. Yes. He sees something for a few seconds and then it goes dark again. And then when he opens his eyes again or turns on again, it's like weeks later. Yeah. But like, I feel like scenes like this in this movie, the pacing is just slower than mm-hmm. a movie like this would be now. Like the hospital scene went on for way longer than it would have. Yeah. Like, it, I think it's just like our attention spans, like we're, this pace we're not used to. But I also think you either can reveal or lay out that Murphy's becoming RoboCop this way, mm-hmm. or you can do it outside externally of like, here's Bob Morton coming in, trying to fine tune and all these scientists working on Murphy. Like you're seeing Murphy transforming. And I like this way of doing it of like, you're seeing Murphy's transition through his eyes, not really knowing what's going on. He doesn't know what RoboCop is. Plus, that gets we get to hold off the reveal of the suit, which exactly. I think is nice. And the reveal of the suit is one of the coolest moments because now Robocop's up and running. He's moving. He's walking through, and it's still first person. You're seeing other cops and the scientists as he passes them by, and then there's a mirror. And it's not even like the point of the shot. It's just like in the corner of a hallway. He walks by a mirror, and that's where you see Robocop for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like his, it's like a bust shot of him, you know? Yeah. So cool. 
I also, can we talk for a second about the suit? Because we see it yeah. pretty soon after. It's titanium, which some one of the people in one of these sequences pronounces so strangely. He calls it like titanium or something. <laughs> I wrote it down, but I can't find it now. I have a lot of notes, y'all. Oh, titanium, titanium. Around this time, uh, some titanium jewelry was released in. Like I definitely had some rings or and earrings and stuff. And it was like that rainbow patina on uh-huh. like the titanium can be silver. And if you keep it polished, it just looks like silver. But it, you can let it develop this like rainbow patina and that's what robocop has on his whole body so it's a silver suit and i didn't know this having not seen the movie like in pictures and stuff it's just a silver or like a light blue yeah suit but in the movie it's got this like rainbow sheen to it that's just like very late 80s early 90s that i just i really enjoyed it it threw me back to like claire's boutique yeah and it's back it is back that look is back i love it yeah so i think Annie, he passes Annie, neither recognizes the other, and doesn't know that this has happened to Murphy. Murphy has no memory of being Murphy. He's just kind of, he's full Robocop at this point. During that very long boot up sequence, they mention that they're going to erase his memory. Yeah. The guy's like, can he hear us? And they're like, oh, we're erasing his memory anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So... He he gets out on the streets, and he's he's RoboCop. He's he's the promise of the idea. Yeah, he stops a robbery. Brutal, just a brutal cop. No consideration for the perps or the fact that they're humans. He's a military. He's a gun. He's a walking gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the media loves him. Yeah, he's cracking down on crime. He's delivering on the promise. Everybody loves it. At some point. This is where Annie sees him bust a perp. That's the term they use, uh, that, that cops use. Yeah. Uh, they see, she sees him bust a perp, and he does the twirly thing with his gun before he holsters it. Mm. The holster is in his leg. His leg, his thigh like opens up, and a holster comes out, and he sticks the gun in the holster. But before he does that, he twirls it in his finger. Annie sees that and is like, makes the connection from earlier where Murphy was doing that because his son liked it so much. Yeah. One of the other crimes that he stops is a sexual assault of a woman. And the criminals are just so over the top. And I think it's very (laughs) emblematic of how they treat the criminals in like they are bad guys. There's no nuance at all. And this also gives me big copaganda vibes because no, most people committing crimes are not right anyway. um, But I think, Wait, but so so he RoboCop comes, he neutralizes the rapists, and then he tells the the woman hugs him and is like, "Thank you, I was so scared." She's like processing a trauma, and he says, like in his, I guess he has kind of a human voice, but he says he's going to notify a rape crisis center. And right. Dave, you turned to me and said, "A cop notifying a crisis center? <laughs> this is the future." <laughs> Going back to the satire of it all. The bad guys have to be cartoonish like that. The damsels in distress have to be the damsels in distress like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in order for the fabric to stay intact, the entire thing as one satirical statement, it feels like they all have to be that way. You know? Yeah. Also, there's a man holding the Capitol hostage because he lost an election, which I thought was a very prescient plot point. <laughs> the former mayor. Yeah. 
Don't worry. Neutralized. So Robocop has a nightmare. I guess it's a nightmare. Has a vision memory during his maintenance of being killed. And that's kind of the first flash of Robocop starting to remember his past. Mm. He leaves the station, sees Annie. Do I just keep calling her Annie? They call her Lewis. <laughs> okay. Why am I calling her Annie? I don't know. Let's call her Lewis. I like Annie. It's fun. It is fun. But Lewis, Lewis. Is, is what they call her throughout okay. the... Okay. So runs into Lewis. Lewis calls him Murphy. So she's figured it out. Oh, yeah. And at this point, she calls him Murphy. He breaks out and runs into her in the hallway. Yeah. And she's like, talks to yeah. him quick, b- briefly and is like, what's your name? Tells him his name is Murphy. And then she gets in trouble yeah. for talking to him. And he makes right. it seem like she caused him to bust out. But he had busted out long before that. Yeah. Does he make it seem that way, though? Or do people just assemble the facts that way? He that she it, upset him. Yeah, he he starts blaming her and she didn't do anything. Right, but he leaves a room full of people where she's not in that room. Yeah. So does he blame her? He blames her, but I don't know if he, he doesn't know. I don't know. I just thought that was weird and I was mad about it. Hmm. That he was like, you're going to be in trouble for this. She was like, she just talked but to somebody in a hallway. Murphy's not doing that. No, no, not Morton's. Murphy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I thought you were saying that Murphy no, <laughs> explained no. to somebody. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. I think it was Dick. Dick did that. Dick did that? No. Ronnie Cox? No, no, you're right. You Morton. Yeah. Ronnie Cox is nowhere near the RoboCop project. Ronnie mm-hmm. Cox is over in Ed 209. It's basically Ed 209 versus RoboCop, even at the corporate level. Mm-hmm. They both have their sponsors. Mm-hmm. One is Dick. And one is Morton. Okay. So, uh, Robocop's out on a beat, and he finds one of Boddicker's gang members, Emil, who's a red-haired guy. It looks like Bill Burr a little bit. <laughs> uh, but he recognizes Robocop, and he's like, we killed you! We killed you! Which you can see, like, Murphy's absorbing that. Yeah. Also, it's so weird that he recognizes him just from his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> All you can see from like the RoboCop suit, obviously whole body, but also he has a helmet that covers eyes and nose. All you can see is his mouth. Yeah. Can you even see his whole chin? I think you can see the chin. Yeah. Yeah. What surprises me, this is getting ahead of ourselves, is that when he takes the visor off later in the movie, his whole face is there, which I was like, if I was building this guy, yeah. I should see the bottom part of his face. I wouldn't do the whole face. Yeah. Why do the whole face? Yeah. That's why they're the experts. Yeah. So he goes and looks up that perp. He looks up and and he finds out kind of his history in, in doing that too. Yeah. Finds he, a picture of himself. Yeah. And then he goes to his former home. His wife and son have moved out. But he kind of goes around that space and has some more memories. Again, TJ Laser. On a CRT TV <laughs> in the course. middle of this future home. Sure. Uh, so so he's he's kind of hybridizing back into Murphy a bit. Cut to... Oh, I wait. We missed an important thing. When he goes to the data center and gets all that information about the, um, the gang uh-huh. and himself, 
he has this retractable, stabby USB port that yeah. is very crucial to the plot. You can use it to stab people, but also you can plug it into a computer it's, and get data out. It's a data spike. It's a data spike, everyone. Well, it's a. St- I call it the stabby USB throughout yeah. my notes because yep. I was like, this thing is amazing. It's a weapon <laughs> that steals data. Love it. Yeah. Uh, it comes into play at several different points, so we have to mention it yeah. so that we don't forget. So, cut to Dick Jones meeting with Boddicker. So, they're in cahoots with each other. Dick Jones, Ronnie Cox, that 209 guy. Yes. Is this when he comes in and uh, the young, the Wolf of Wall Street guy is with two ladies and he says, bitches leave? <laughs> and they do. Yeah. <laughs> so... No, this that's when Clarence comes. Yeah. Different scene. So Jones is getting Clarence to kill Morton, mm-hmm. who is who you're talking about. Yeah, I skipped ahead to the next scene. I'm yeah. sorry. So Boddicker goes to Morton and... Bitches leave, uh-huh. and they do. And he sent Clarence to kill Bob. What a twist. Yeah. Also, Clarence put his finger into the glass of wine, and then he, the guy drank it anyway. Yeah. And that grossed me out. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, you're pouring into ramekins that we're reusing, which is essentially the same thing. It's true. Yeah. Also, Clarence has another great line, which is, ooh, guns, guns, guns. <laughs> which I guess that's later when another dealer comes to his warehouse. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> My notes are, are very chaotic. Yeah. Um, Speaking of pouring into ramekins. Well, oh, you have, you have it noted? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. I sorry. have Morton's murder as the next point for a drink which is where we are oh yes so this is the pumpkin oat beverage get ready for this color it is okay pumpkin colored you're overselling it yeah it looks like a creamsicle i was shocked i was was expecting bright orange to come out yeah sorry oh i set it down and then you pick it up I like it. It is nothing like what my mouth was expecting. It's not pumpkin spice. I was about to say it's pumpkin spice, baby. (laughs) No, it's not, though. Is there even pumpkin spice in it? Oh, it just says flavors. That could be anything. I get a real pumpkin spice vibe from this. I would need this to go into something. I couldn't drink a full glass of this. Not the way I could the chocolate milk. See, and I'm not getting... I guess a little bit, but I'm tasting actual pumpkin. It has pumpkin puree in it. Yeah. It tastes like pumpkin. Are you suggesting pumpkin spice doesn't have actual pumpkin in it? Pumpkin spice doesn't have pumpkin in it. Pumpkin spice is a mixture of like cinnamon, ginger, cloves, sometimes other stuff. Well, I would argue that pumpkin's unnecessary then because this tastes like pumpkin spice. And if pumpkin spice as a flavor doesn't have pumpkin in it, then this tastes like something that doesn't have pumpkin in it. I can taste the pumpkin. I think that if you hadn't told me that I would be making the same claim about pumpkin spice that I can taste the pumpkin in it. All right. Yeah. I guess we just agree to disagree. I guess I'm getting the ginger a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. Mm -mm. I'm not really getting a lot of spices. I'm getting a lot of sweetness and pumpkininess. It's good. It's unusual. I feel like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Robocop finds Boddicker. They have another shootout. Boddicker. Yes. Oh, this is when he says, ooh, guns, 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 and they all pull on each other, mm-hmm. which I it was very funny. Y'all, this movie is brutal copaganda that is sometimes hard to watch, but it's worth it for Clarence. Clarence is a just a goddamn delight. I yeah. love it. I loved watching him in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they talk about Detroit a lot in this movie because that's where it's set. And every time they do, I think about Detroiters and the theme song. Every time. Yeah. So it, during that shootout, Boddicker comes clean about that he and Jones are in cahoots. Robocop goes back to the OCP headquarters to yeah, confront he Jones. Just immediately. I love how efficient he is. He does not wait around. He's like, okay, well, I'm off then. Yeah, but what does he have to do? Yeah. What else does he have to do? It's, I just feel like because he's a robot, like he doesn't have anything else to do. In any other movie, I feel like there'd be like checking in with other people. There'd be other uh, stuff going on, but it's just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Progresses I don't know. Quickly. I feel like if you were in the middle of one violent night where all of a sudden facts were becoming clear and connections were becoming clear, you'd probably move quickly on that rather than let give a chance for those connections to become unclear again. Yeah. So he goes to Jones. He goes up into Jones's office. Jones knows he's coming, opens the door for him. Mm-hmm. Real smug, real Cohagen energy coming off of Ronnie Cox at this point. He is one of the smarmiest characters. <laughs> he's so great. Oh, yeah. Robocop tries to arrest him, but there's a failsafe put in place yeah, that keeps is. Robocops from harming OCP members. OCP executives, yeah. I think. Yeah. So something that uh, they were able to skirt with Bodker killing Morton. But that stops Robocop here. I should mention, they mentioned this failsafe when they're putting Robocop together. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch it. But th- this was a twist to me. Directive four <laughs> is what it's called. Oh, yeah. okay. Jones kind of comes clean because he's so confident that nothing can happen to him. And then here comes Ed 209. <laughs> so it's Robocop versus Ed 209. Now, when I was a kid, I saw this showdown like in clips or whatever. Uh, it's also a big part of the NES game. For Robocop, I thought this was the big showdown. It's not. Mm-mm. No. There's I mean, a whole part of the movie after this. But there is, it is a big showdown. It's not the climax, though, I guess is my point. Yeah. This is where we learn that he doesn't fit through the door. Right. Well, no, he fits through doors. He can't go downstairs. But no, it takes him a good couple minutes to, like, contort <laughs> himself through the door into the stairwell. I, I remember because it made me laugh. So the battle's played for pretty high stakes. Pretty mm-hmm. dramatic music and all of that. But yeah, the fight itself is pretty laughable because Robocop goes through a door. Like you said, he has problems going through the door. He goes downstairs and, and Ed 209 can just cannot go downstairs. Yeah, he falls, falls down the over. stairs and then he's like a turtle on his back yeah. and Robocop just leaves him. Just leaves, yeah. He's like, you're no longer a problem. <laughs> goes on to kill more of his enemies. Yeah. So but it is wild that like Jones is such a calculating figure and this project that he's working on is such a bad project. It's so like, I don't think it's an accident. It's so in beta. Yeah. Yeah. He gets out of the building and the OCP police force is on him. 
Yes, and they have so many weapons, and yeah. there's just so many of him yeah. of them that they're overpowering him. Yes, and that's when Lewis rolls in in her car. Yeah, he jumps in, and they take off. Right, and so now they're reconnecting. Yeah, and I really enjoyed this. They have a really tender moment where he's explaining that he misses his family, but mm-hmm. in this like r- way that someone would if they didn't understand what feelings were or what missing someone was. I thought that was really tender and sweet. Yeah. He says something. I should have written it down. He says like, I feel them. I feel them, but I don't remember them. Something like that. Yeah. 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 That's what almost what missing someone is. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's just, this is a good scene. Yeah. I enjoyed it. They also have an oddly sweet moment where she helps him recalibrate his targeting system. Mm-hmm. All the getting shot up like he can't aim. Yeah. And she helps him figure that out. And it's just very sweet. Yeah. And platonic. Yeah. Very human. Yeah. And that kind of cuts through in a movie where nobody is displaying any humanity towards each other otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know? Even like at the cop level, arguably. It's like... They're not good guys because they're cops. They're good guys because they're good. <laughs> yeah. Like those two people specifically. They're there an aren't anomaly. even any other like people who have humanity. And yeah, to her point, to your point earlier about her, right? Her humanity is on got an on off switch, but at least there is some of it. You know, everybody else I'm realizing now is inhumane. Yeah. Who's the real robot? <laughs> the, ro- the robot Ed two hundred nine. It's Ed two hundred nine. Yeah. Yeah. Asked and answered. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she fixes him. That's where she sees the full face. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like a face glued onto a or like yeah. It's like a skin layered onto a robot face. It reminded me of Cassandra from yes. um, Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. Look it up, losers. <laughs> okay. So the police force goes on strike. Because of how poorly OCP is managing the police force. Mm-hmm. This is just madness now in Detroit, across the entire city, because the cops are on strike. Mm-hmm. Just chaos. It's just, just chaos. Riots. Uh, Jones goes and frees Boddicker and gives them, like, the good stuff. The big weapons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're like, these psychos are now military psychos yeah they have like um rocket launcher type things yeah no. they find the steel mill where the where murphy and lewis are mm-hmm. i just want you to note, like i haven't said annie in like 10 minutes <laughs> Dave, i'm so um, that's gross it's growth i'm proud of you yeah so they find him here's one of my favorite kills is big big action set piece going on where bodker and the whole gang are there mm-hmm. emil the bill burr looking guy is chasing a RoboCop, runs into a huge, crashes his car, I think, into a huge vat of toxic waste that spills out all over the ground. Listener, at this point, I have closed my eyes. Toxic waste everywhere. Why is there toxic waste at the steel plant? Nobody knows. Also, just toxic waste? Just toxic waste. Just, just whatever. In general, toxic waste. Emil, within seconds, transforms into a monster. Yeah. Like this full prosthetics over his whole body, 
fingers like enlarged. Some of them are stuck together. His face is like falling off, but also he's like got new skin growths and, and things like that. Like full, full ass monster yeah. <laughs> from seconds in this toxic waste, just out of nowhere. It has nothing to do. There's been nothing about this toxic waste that can turn that, that mutants exist in this world. Yeah. You is think he the first mutant? Surely not. The way things are going, surely this isn't the first person to crash into a tub of toxic waste, but they never addressed it. Yeah, just out of nowhere. And really great way to amp up the the tension is that now this guy is monstrous, you know? Yeah. Um, My eyes are still closed, although I did peek through my fingers and regretted it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Basically takes out the gang. Yeah. Bodker's the only one that's left. Lewis gets hurt real bad. Wait. Clarence, what about Clarence? I'm, I'm setting up your moment. Okay, you said Boddicker was the only one. I said Boddicker is the only one. Clarence is Boddicker. Clarence oh. Boddicker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing last names. Okay. You that was your rule. No, Lewis, they call her Lewis. Annie. <laughs> God damn it. Right. I was wondering who Boddicker was. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. I'm not. All right. So Boddicker's men are all taken care of. Clarence Boddicker's men are all taken care of. Clarence Boddicker is the only member left. You can just call him Boddicker. And Lewis is badly injured. Alex Murphy is trapped under like a steel grating. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, a bunch of steel beams like fell on him. Yeah. He's super trapped. Yeah. Bye-bye, baby. Is that it? The line? I don't know. I, I don't know what the big moment is. Is it the stab SB? Yes. I was giving you your, he stabs him with the data spike through the, through the steel. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I wrote another win for stab SB. Oh no. So the stab SB stabs him. And then in the very next scene, the stab SB is what plays the video showing that Dick is guilty. It's got the data on it. Did I skip over your uh, drinking oats? I skipped it. Okay. I wrote them all out and then I skipped it. All right. Because it do- happened real fast. The These are my three beats. Murphy gets killed by Boddicker. Clarence. Sorry. So sorry. Morton gets killed. Robocop escapes Ed 209 mm-hmm. and goes to the steel factory. Okay. Should we drink this nog? Yeah. All right. This nog, you need to really shake it. Okay. I shook it a little bit to pour it out for the photos. And it uh, came out in clumps. So I'm assuming they tried to get it super thick, like a conventional eggnog. I hope I shook it enough. Give your give your cup here. Oh, yeah, this is coming out smooth. I just didn't shake it enough yesterday. All right, I know that when we tried that nog on that previous episode, what, what nog was it that we did? Chobani oat milk oat nog. Um, so when we did the Chobani Nog, we tried uh, it hot. Chobani Oat Milk Oat Nog. Oat Milk Oat Nog. Um, we tried it hot and cold. Sh- should we try this one warm as well? No. I don't like this one. It's bad. Oh, it's so thick. It's really bad. The texture. It tastes like it's gone bad. I'm going to finish it. Oh, the texture is like mucus. The spice is off too. The spice feels like... 
I don't know. Seeing how Chobani got it so right really makes me upset at how wrong these guys got it. Oh, you've poured it out in your spit cup. Yes, I've poured. Th- this was my first pour out. I, cu- I couldn't. The te- it, as soon as the thought of it having a mucus texture entered my mind, I couldn't yeah. drink any more of it. I thought the flavor, it smells like a nog and it has like a that, you know, nutmeggy You're flavor wrong. to me. You're wrong. But the texture just ruins it. The taste is way off. The texture, I don't mind the texture. Nog is supposed to be mucusy. It's funny that we both reacted so strongly, but for different reasons and are okay with the reasons that the other one yeah. reacted so strongly to. Yeah. So weird. This maple better redeem its redeem things for us because right now I'm grossed out. Okay, so we kinda we end kind of where we begin in the boardroom at OCP. Yep. Where Robocop comes in and confronts uh Jones. He reveals Morton's murder, mm-hmm. or exposes Jones for Morton's murder. He uses the stab SB to do so. The, yes. Jones, sorry, Dick Jones. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, takes the old man hostage. Yeah, he does. Tries to escape. And the old man pulls a fast one, fires Jones, meaning he's no longer employed with OCP, meaning Director <laughs> 4 no longer applies. That's right. Gets him. Shoots him. Out the window, he goes. <laughs> falls to his death. Yes. So dramatic. The old man is like, nice shooting. <laughs> What's your name? And he says Murphy. And he says Murphy. And that's great. You got a real Rise of Skywalker ending. And then it's over. <laughs> and then it's over. So after we watched the movie, Dave pulled up the trailer and in the trailer, they lay out that it's the year 2030. Uh-huh. And it occurred to me that in 1987, 2030 must have felt like impossibly like far off. Right. And now it's like basically now. But also like we beat them. We got there faster. We got there faster? Yeah, we're there. We're in RoboCop now. Yeah, yeah. We are living in RoboCop now. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our TVs are better. Yeah, we do have better TVs. They still had tube TVs in 2030? Yeah. That's a lack of imagination. We've got these <laughs> nice flat screens. Yeah. We just plug ourselves into. I will say the fireplace, when Murphy goes to his old house, mm-hmm. the decor in that house is incredible. He, they have this black and white asymmetrical fireplace that yeah. is just so cool. And the kitchen is so great. It's wild. Like the, the set design is so much, it takes such a backseat to the special effects. You can tell where the focus is in the movie, Mm -hmm. but the simplicity of the set design, like it could look like a play, you know, like kind of a shoddy set, but it's really thoughtful. It's just not that detailed. It's kind of minimalist, which I think ages well. Yeah. Uh, The music, I think, works really well. It's not really my cup of tea. I would have liked something a little bit more electronic. But yeah, it's a little more rock and roll. It's more scory, I thought. Oh, yeah, I guess so. More orchestral. Yeah. Yeah. But it works. It works for what it is. It, I feel like, and I don't know that if I'm right about this or not, but you, you look at the struggle that Verhoeven had to see it as, sat, as satire. I almost said sapphire. To see it as satire. I feel like everybody probably had that problem. And I think a lot of RoboCop's initial success were from people who just want to see this amped up cop shooting people. Mm-hmm. And the joke is like, Gotcha. 
I struggle with uh, cop forward storylines in general just because I'm always like side eyeing it. Like, what are we saying here? Mm -hmm. Um, Which kind of takes me out of being able to immerse myself in the story. I'm so focused on like, what is this? Mm -hmm. I spent probably the first half of the movie Mm -hmm. in that mindset. So, but once I settled into the movie itself, like I enjoyed the aesthetic, like you were saying, I love his suit. Anytime we saw his suit, gosh, so great. And Clarence's one-liners really, and his performance in general, like he's the star of this movie. Sorry, RoboCop. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole, Murphy doesn't have a lot of charisma, even before RoboCop, Mm -hmm. really. He doesn't really have a chance to. Yeah, he becomes RoboCop almost immediately. Right. But even in his scenes, like his scenes are pretty by the numbers. Yeah. Um set up who you are so that it's sad when you're not that anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So, Oh, I was going to ask, what's your, do you feel the same way about like Beverly Hills cop? I haven't watched Beverly Hills cop since I was a kid. We should watch that again. Yeah. I think, I don't know what I would think of it now. Yeah. I remember thinking it was fun and funny, Mm -hmm. but that's a good question. I don't know. All right. So here's what came out summer of 87. Roxanne. Full Metal Jacket, Untouchables, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Wow. Harry and the Hendersons. Harry and the... Who's that girl? Spaceballs. Oh, my gosh. Predator. Superman 4 and the latest James Bond film, Living Daylights. I don't remember that James Bond. Stiff competition. Really stiff competition. I forgot all about Roxanne. That is a great movie. That is um, a really fun movie. RoboCop came out July 17th, 1987. The film exceeded expectations by earning $8 million in its opening weekend. It's the weekend's number one film. Uh, it was ahead of a re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs <laughs> and Jaws the Revenge, which were also in their first week of release. Oh, yeah. The Disney Vault. Do they still do that? <laughs> I don't know. RoboCop opened to generally positive reviews, noted influences from the action of the Terminator and Aliens and the narratives of Frankenstein, Repo Man, and Miami Vice. Mm, Uh, Miami Vice. Yeah, that's thoughtful. Oh, yeah, many reviewers discussed the film's violent content. The violence was so excessive for Ebert in the Los Angeles Times that it became deliberately comical, with Ebert writing that ED-209, killing an executive, subverted audience expectations of a seemingly serious and straightforward science fiction film. I don't know. I don't know that I felt subverted by that, but I, th- well, but I feel like I've also watched like but I also think 20 years of movies since then. That's ha- That happening in the first 10 minutes of the movie yeah. is pretty, hey, this isn't what you thought it was going to be. So, yeah. yeah. So, hey, people liked it. Some people thought it was too violent. Like I said earlier, it came out as a Nintendo game, which I played quite a bit. There's also a sequel that comes that we should watch because it's a lot of fun. And that's RoboCop. Yeah. Listener, have you seen RoboCop? Did you like it? Is it copaganda? Tell us what you think. That sound is me shaking up the non-dairy oat beverage maple flavor with other natural flavors. Dangerous poor angle. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Gambled and I lost. Oh, maybe not. Saved it. Oh my gosh, the maple smell is so strong. I can smell it from like a foot away. Yeah. I like this. I feel like it would be good in something 
like like a cake. I'm not wild about this. This is two different flavors happening at once. The maple feels like a separate artificial thing. It feels unnecessary to me. I would rather just put syrup in whatever I was <laughs> wanting to add this to. Yeah, I think I wouldn't drink a cup of this. Yeah. I I agree with you. Like if I was going to use this in baking, why wouldn't I just use soy milk and a little maple syrup? Yeah. And that would taste better. Or oat milk, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you keep standing so, soy milk. Soy is just my default. I boy. am a, an early 2000s vegan. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, uh, and soy milks have only improved since then. They're so good now. If I was going to rank these, it would be, what are the four flavors? Chocolate, pumpkin, nog, maple. Mm-hmm. I think I'd go in that order. Me Chocolate, too. Chocolate, pumpkin, nog, maple, maple, and only really... Chocolate is the only star for me. No, I'm sorry. Chocolate, pumpkin, maple, nog, because that nog actually made me feel nauseated. I'd rather drink the nog than that maple drink, though. Really? It's gross, yeah. Also, though, I wonder if this maple one would be good warmed up, kind of mm. like a cocoa. I think that and the, I think pumpkin, nog, and maple would benefit from being warmed up, but still only marginally. All right. Off mic, y'all, I'm going to try that out. And in the blog post, I'm going to, uh, include how these all tasted not the chocolate because it's chocolate milk but the i'm going to warm up the pumpkin the nog and the maple and see what the experience is like with them warmed up see if i like them better so on a scale of one to ten (laughs) dollars how much would you buy robocop for A, a layer of the film that we did not discuss at all was the tv personality who his catchphrase? I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> throughout the entire, it's in the media, like throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and it's like this kind of creepy old man, and he's always surrounded by large booby women. Not always. Sometimes he's talking about the deals. True, but he's but, often. Yes. And it's just a very weird, like, what is, even is this show? Yeah. I the, thought it was like the Wiz. I thought it was a commercial guy. Oh, maybe. Who's like. Talking about the different products that he's got for sale. Yeah, maybe it's that is what he is. I don't I don't know what this guy's deal is. I think he's a great recurring device. He yeah. keeps reminding you that this is like a vulgar world that's shameless and is all about just money and what you can buy with that money. Yeah, he's not only in the commercial breaks, but there are a few points throughout the movie where people are watching TV and they're watching a show with him on yeah. it. Anyway, $5, I think. It was fine. It was too violent and gory for me. How many? Five. Five? Yeah. Okay. Too violent and gory for me, but I did enjoy like some of the aesthetics. I am going to give this $7. Seven. I'd buy it for $7. Yeah. That's actually lower than I thought. Yeah. I you. think that it's too close. <laughs> the satire... It works and it's smart and I think the entire thing works, but it it blurs this line. And it's weird to say because it's kind of it, it is so cartoonish, but it blurs this line because in order for it to work, it has to take itself very seriously. And that means that some of the grittier moments take themselves seriously, even though they are cartoonish, and those grittier moments are so possible now. We we get further and further away from a world that would be Total Recall every day. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we will be in a place that embodies those themes and we will react the same way to those themes and we will be that culture, but we will be a different society with different technology and it won't play out that way. This one's too close. I can't get past the way it portrays the bad guys as like 100% bad all the time, every single one of them. Right. Like that really, that bothers me more and more in any movie that does that. Yeah. Um, but I, I do see what you're saying. Like just super violent, super shallow, super just like with corporate conglomerates owning everything. Like that's the world we live in. Well, and they don't even seem to have the internet. Well, yeah. <laughs> the problem with the society in RoboCop is that they do see everything that way. Mm-hmm. Everybody is one dimensional. Everybody is what they are. They're either their job or, you know, their performance or their crime. Mm -hmm. And that's supposed to be a problem. Yeah. And it is a problem. But it's also still a fringe opinion that things aren't that way. (laughs) Even though we all agree that things aren't that way. That's not how we act. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And so that it still is us. Like, it's a mirror of us, and the mirror is a little bit too accurate. Yeah. Anyway. Stings a bit. Um, depresses me a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, bye. What? <laughs> That's the end. We did it. That's Rowboat Cop. That's Rowboat Cop. Listener, does eggnog supposed to have the texture of mucus? And thank you all for listening. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It really helps us out, and we just love reading those five-star reviews. We might even read yours on the pod. You can also write us a letter at TalkingTofuPod at gmail.com. That's talking without the G, or slide into our DMs on Twitter or Instagram, I read and respond to every one. We are Talking Tofu on Twitter and Talking Tofu Pod on Instagram. By the time this episode comes out, we will have passed the one year mark on Mr. Pinkphone's review. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Pinkphone, you might have the longest running review on Apple Podcasts. You may. Uh, and I am Glue and Glitter on all social media. And you can find my recipes, including one for eggnog that doesn't have the consistency of boogers. At glueandglitter.com. I'm Line Leader on Twitter, Instagram, and Fortnite, and Line Leader was taken on TikTok. Talking Tofu is a production of Caddington Inc. Our music is by Delicate Beats. Bye bye, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 